Hello everyone, and welcome to your Uncle's Beach House episode 63. I'm Jackson, I'm joined by M as usual. Hello, once again I must disclaim that I'm sick. I'm, I think I'm getting better, but if I sound bad, I'm sick. Yes, uh, that is true. Um, we, uh, <laughs> we started GGP last time, we're like, I think we're, I think we're through the sickness. We were not, we were not through the sickness. No. Um, so. In fact, I was getting down, getting down, getting down with the sickness. Uh, yes, ooh um, <laughs> we're joined by a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Rick. We're talking about comics, so you know it's me. Yeah. <laughs> Other people could bring mm. comics; they just generally haven't. But yeah, they haven't. Um, yeah, we're here to talk about 2001 Nights, which is a uh, 1984 uh, 10 issue manga written by Yoki Nobu Hoshino. Um, Rick was like, "You need we're we're gonna do this one." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, sure, whatever." You want um, some history on that? I would love some history I, on that. I'll... Sure. So, in the late seventies, this guy did a comic called "Legend of the Witch" that is not in English, and I have never found online. That is about a bunch of witches throughout history, mm-hmm. and he took that concept and applied it to space, basically. So, the first one was in eighty one. It was called Saber Tiger, and it was a bunch of short stories that got put out in English before this one. And one of them is just a saber tiger fucking up some robots in in the future. Mm. It's amazing. <laughs> and then he went on to do this one, which is um, 19 nights, not 2001 nights, uh, of space adventures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is, um, we're reading the Viz release, which was from 1990, and it's 10 issues. Um, mm-hmm. looks like the original was, um, 19 chapters. It's relatively short. I read this in like two sittings. Um, and this is the story <laughs> of the burgeoning fledgling and then waning of humanity's desire to go into space. I do have short plot chap- summaries of all the 19 if we want to go through them one at a time. Yeah, we might when we go through them. That would, might be the best, actually. So this is eighty four to eighty six. Uh, yes. re- refresh my memory. Where is Star Trek in that time frame? Not uh, airing. It is in the not movies. airing. Yeah, you got the city oh, okay. show, and I think Search for Search Spock, for Spock might be I think comes out during this. Yeah, because yeah. Wrath of Khan's eighty three. So without looking it up, Search for Spock, I would guess is like eighty five. Okay, maybe eighty six. Um. So yeah, I think I think because no, four has to be like right when Next Generation is just about to air, right? Like, uh, yes. Um, and so part of the reason I picked this is because I got into this network mostly through Second Officer's Slog. <laughs> yeah, because I watched Star Trek a lot as a kid on the weekends, and it was just like an episode here and there, and it was great. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this was always on the list of things I was going to bring. But then two things happened. One, Planet has happened as a backup show. And I was like, okay, we got to put this on the list now because this is just that, but 20 years earlier. And then two, a Gundam seat happened. And there's a chapter. <laughs> so fucking funny that we'll get to in a second. There's a lot of things uh, that have happened. Uh, but yeah, that's where this comes from. And it's also one of the comics I bought uh, in back issue stores before I got into all this stuff. The other uh, Hoshino fact that we should get to before we get into this is uh, he drew the illustrations for High Streamer, the original paperbacks. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, so there is some Gundam history to this, too. Uh, that um, that makes sense. That we wish that we had those. Damn. <laughs> oh, we do. They're online. Um, oh yeah, I mean yes. I assume I assume that they've been scanned because they're kind of yeah, stuff, yeah. But not necessarily all translated. He's in the uh-huh. art though, so yeah. So he did like the the, which, he, is he the like high streamer. In... The high streamer is the high new, right? Like yes, it's the ones. Uh, just a second, I will uh, hook you up because it's the ones that look just fucking wild. Um, this is this is the uh, high new from high streamer specifically. Right? Yes, it's the fucking weird ones. <laughs> Yes. I don't know if he did the robots, but the people are like 100%. You could tell it's him. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, he has a very distinctive style of faces, which is that literally every man is a bearded seventies guy. There you go. Here's here's an image of the actual. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's it's very um, distinctive and cool. I love his art. Yeah, so th- I would describe this art as like almost like almost like a, like advent like golden age like adventure comicsy. Uh huh. Um, in that it like goes for like a realism. That is just really illustrative. It, it it doesn't read in like the way I think of like comic books, you know. Um, but it no, is it sense. is yeah, like yeah. he draws the fuck out of it. <laughs> yeah, I I always hesitate to like. I want to call it like I don't want to call it workman because that feels like negative, but it feels like ideal in some weird way. Like you're reading it like oh this is how this should look. It's just, yeah, there's it's just there's there. just like a there's just like a drive for like realistic rendering and like the complexity of like character face and stuff that like when I, when I look at like print, like classic Prince Valiant, that's, that's what I think of when I think of a book, like, <laughs> yeah, like sure. a comic like this, um, just really going for it. Um, and then it starts, it literally starts with like modern day space program, <laughs> like space shuttle stuff and evolves outward from there. I would love nothing more. Jackson, can you tell us what the plot of night one is? Um, n- Okay, which one specifically <laughs> happens in night one? This is this is yes, where I the can. space this, yes, the space shuttle is transporting the president <laughs> to a secret meeting on the Russian space station. Yes, so I was like, which one's night one? Because there's so much. Ha- now I remember. Yes, they go to space and there's like mysterious interference um, as they're in a shuttle and they reach this like Soviet death satellite pointed at the Earth. <laughs> Uh, and they they're terrified that they're on on an American mission to blow it up, and we'll just be starting World War Three, and we'll like watch the annihilation of the Earth like they are NPCs in the Call of Duty game. <laughs> um, and they go to the, the, the they're flying closer to the thing. Then they're, they're not being given like details on their orders, and then they realize it, they are, their cargo is the president who is having a secret meeting with the leader of the Soviets to discuss the peace and possibilities of the new space age. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Um, it's ridiculous. I was like, man, okay, we're just in it. And then night two immediately is the the Gundam Seed one, where um, this guy dies. He falls down excavating the moon. It's on the moon, right? Sure. Yes, it's on the moon. Um, and his his uh, widow goes to the moon to figure out what, like, just to retrace his steps and be like, oh, what what was he excavating? And finds fossilized remains of fish on like a big meteorite that struck the moon and like buried itself in so they're like space fish and it's like wow the universe is vast and unknowable yes i think it's his it's his sister is his sister okay yeah there's there's another one later with uh, where's his widow also like this is the one where like they it, uh, it juxtaposes uh someone on the moon with someone on the beach in a swimsuit. Yes. And that's yes. just the planet you shot with no, no from the moon. Uh, God, it really is. Yeah. I mean, you're having both watch and red plants as mad. <laughs> uh, also, it's not as good as this. Also, it's amazing. And like right away, night two is like, we will need to make money doing this or we're not going to do it. Yeah. Like, so like yes. broadly, before we get into like the specific summaries of yeah, all yeah. the things, the like large scale story, uh, of all these episodic uh, glimpses into um, what happens in space uh, over about 500, 600 years uh, is the like constant finding of new technologies or physical new frontiers, uh, the ways in which those all fall prey to like exploitation and human greed are, uh, and then a tragedy happens in all of them uh, that's like poignant and whatever uh but the way they connect and like form this just endless human inability to do anything because we're evil um is really cool it's a thing that a lot of like it's very generic in the you know we watch turn it's about this half of all anime is on some level about this you know all the space stuff's about this that's the, the stuff in um that i like in uh what's the the guy next one uh wings of honey Wing, say. Uh, Wing, yes um oh, yeah. but instead of it being like a plot point thematically in the background the ways in which it like or orga- get this theme organically presents itself 
because of the episodic and like time scan of the story uh it ends up feeling like incredible i i think it's one of the best executions of this idea i've seen it's fantastic i loved it um this is all true i just like when some weird shit happens in space all my favorite chapters are weird shit happening in space that yes that said one of the best chapters (laughs) is the vatican sends a scientist priest (laughs) to space oh that's not even my favorite chapter is uh odyssey in green yeah, the is that the one where like the Apex Predators? <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, yes, yes. That one fucking out of my mind. I was so happy. Uh, there's the one with the um. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. We'll get the other thing I really like too is that these early ones. Uh, each chapter is building on the discovery of the last one, like directly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they all talk about them throughout. Like they'll find a technology, and the next one will be about them testing it or building it or utilizing it. Yeah. So the next one is about some guy who's living in the asteroid belt, farming it for resources. Yes. On a, on a, the coolest, one of the coolest spaces I've ever seen, which is a little thing inside these, these giant, like, fans of, like, I believe it's, like, millimeter thin aluminum tape. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a solar foil. Yeah. Um, and then his thing gets destroyed, and he's running out of oxygen, and he just has to do a sick, get on the end of the foil and use it to slingshot him towards the rescue ship. Um, it's good. Oh, if we didn't make it clear earlier, uh, this also just looks a lot like 2001 and a lot of yeah. other space stuff all the time. Yeah, like it's directly referencing that stuff, like the spacesuits, the ships. There's even the old guys later on, and there's like I bet you there's other stories in here that are just like directly referencing short. Stories. I mean, there's literally a Hal in this series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, um, yeah uh, the 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 Vatican Lucifer stuff is not like exactly what happens in the later like uh 20 like 2010 and later but it's not not that stuff so i gotta, I gotta read those <laughs> <laughs> wait that happens in those kind of it's not the exact <laughs> okay. same thing but the idea of like a, a new planet appears and it's like off limits to humanity and there's like ideological and religious arguments about that and what it is to like <laughs> mess with the natural order of the universe is all where that goes i i, I understand that it sounds wild if you just watch 2001 but having read childhood and i'm like yeah i see that yeah <laughs> i see how uh, rc clark gets there um God. so then yeah. night four is the one that uh basically undergirds the whole series from that point yes. forward because it's a, a story of uh two robots uh shepherding some um uh, some sperm and eggs across the space. Yeah, uh, a seed ship to go make yeah. the, make the family of the Robinsons on some distant planet. <laughs> also, that's a very specific name to use for that. <laughs> yes. Um, and they get to the planet and they land, and everyone comes out, and uh, the the robot parents smile as all the kids know what to do. They have to build a radio and radio back to Earth, and they shut off. Yeah, because their mission's yeah. done. Uh, it's very cool. Um, yes, that one's very good. Yeah, and it. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, right. And the next one is the one that is the other one from the stuff that we we do cover a lot on Gundam. Is this is just a thing? That, I wrote down three words when I finished reading this. Uh, Happy birthday, Messia. Because <laughs> it's the one where the guy is uh, dreaming after he's in put oh, in the state to yes. hyperspace travel. He just, like, sees the universe. This yeah. this also is just 2001, because he talks to the old man in, like, the room from 2001. Uh, this is this is just what happens to Dave when he goes through the... the it's Star so Channel. good. So, um, But this... Ha- the thing is, this happens to everyone who goes through this thing, and they just... None of them... Nobody remembers it. Yeah! That's it's... the fucked up thing that <laughs> yes. goes, carries forward. <laughs> yeah, every time anyone, like, sleeps in cryo, basically, they are experiencing, like, the profound... Uh, contact with death that is the oneness with the universe. The way yeah. it's shown is that they're getting right to the the edge of it and then waking up at the end of their journey. Yeah. So they're like on the cusp of something and they're like, oh, well, I guess I'm awake now. That's how I feel yes. every fucking morning. <laughs> um, and then the next one is about scientists with a Hal. Um, it's not named Hal. What is it named again? It's named Kirk. Yeah. Um, and the one that the the AI is closest to is this woman, and he, uh, it, I guess, under like sees the men be super gross to her, um, 
learns foibles of human behavior um, in like sometimes people say things are jokes and they're not jokes and it's not very funny at all. Um, <laughs> and then it ends with how telling a joke or the robot telling a joke. Yeah. And they have to like leave it. <laughs> it has to go on its own out of the universe. But then the next one is uh, they find a planet. <laughs> An antimatter uh, planet. <laughs> yeah. Lucifer Rising Part 1, Night 7. They find a planet way out uh, past... Is it past Pluto? Yes, yes. it's the 10th planet yeah, yeah. that has been yeah. prophesized. <laughs> and uh, in investigating it, the, the Vatican sends their, one of their scientists on this mission um, to make sure that humanity does not open the gate to forbidden knowledge. Um and uh, because it's called Lucifer, I guess. Uh, and they send this huge, this great big, like, dome shield ship. It just looks cool. Everything about this one is really cool to me. And they go there and find the planets made of antimatter. And also, its moons, like, its moons are antimatter, but they're, like, the wreckage of moons. And it's just, like, a bunch of shards of antimatter ice. But in one of them is a giant beast that could be, like, a demon. Made of antimatter. <laughs> it's so sick. I oh, love this one. Are, this entire yeah, thing, yeah. it's like a two-part story. The entire thing is like framed by constant Paradise Lost quotes, uh, yes. and the ways in which uh, this antimatter planet that has a like six-six-six day orbital cycle the other way around <laughs> the sun uh, is actually. Like, all, all of creation is, if you think about it, it lines up with the biblical myth, and this is Satan testing us with the forbidden knowledge that could kill us all. <laughs> um, it's amazing. This stuff's so good. The, the Pope incites riots on Earth. <laughs> yes. The best part is their theory about this thing is that it, the, their theory is that this is the sun of a, of a solar system that existed before ours, and all those demons they find are like the inhabitants of those planets before they all burned out. Mm-hmm. It's sick. Um, also, the drawing in this, when he decides to like overlay a religious icon, iconography on like stellar phenomenon, it is unreal. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, let's see. Night eight is just a test, like this woman's a test pilot for a oh, new hyperdrive, right? So this one is, is clearly, I think the Solaris countryside from the Tarkovsky film. Yeah. She's like living in like countryside of Soviet, like of R- Russia doing this test. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, yeah, it's just them using the antimatter from the previous chapter to create the engine to go forward. Yes. Yeah. I love the the like like Moya effect when they go into hyperspace. Oh yeah, it's the, sick. Like it's so cool. Baby black hole locked in a engine. And then the next one is uh, actually Hal comes back or Kirk comes back. Yeah. <laughs> because before they can actually go off into space, they have to touch base based on all the things they've set off before, and it turns out that they passed the ship they sent out 50 years earlier with their new technology. Yes. And the woman who like trained it, um, is the captain of this ship now. And Kark calls out to them like, Oh, we f- I found something. I must tell you about humanity. And she refuses to like contact it and reveal that Kark's mission was in vain. Cause humans just progressed past the need to send Kark's out to explore space. And they leave it behind and drift off into space. And she tearfully says goodbye. And it's fucking sick. Uh, it's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. The, the, they fucking make this computer. It's alive. It can't talk to anyone. It's like, are any of you coming with me? They say no. Then they overtake it and don't even like tell it what's happening, and it just like floats through the void, useless forever. Because yeah. the other part about that chapter is that uh, it scrapes some, a storm and it loses its radio back to Earth. Yes. So and it sees this ship that doesn't look like anything it would ever have on record. So it's like this must be aliens. I've done yeah. it. Specifically, they re- they're like we we have to recognize the sacrifice those before us came, did and made. So we have to honor that by not just like telling him that it was for nothing. Um, uh-huh. I I like that it's like it's cruel in a way that is like trying to be kind. There's just no way of doing space without destroying people. 
<laughs> and things that are like people. Yes, inventing people purely to destroy them <laughs> and waste <laughs> them. Uh, damn, it's cold out here. In space. <laughs> In space, it's very cold. <laughs> and then the next one is uh, the next uh, Robinson story where uh, their brother, I believe, or goes out to uh, to terraform the planet they're going to land on in 300 years for them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the part where this starts leaping over the timelines, like, we saw them land, and the when they land in that chapter, they're like, this planet seems perfect for us, and that's because someone got here first and t- made it that way. <laughs> uh, it's such Listen. a good reveal, because that chapter in its own is, like, really fun at the start, and, you, you know, they land on this planet, and they've left Earth behind, they're in a different timeline, and you just kind of accept that. And then the ways in which, because technology changed, it, all of those things happened in Out of Order is so cool. Um, well, so that chapter's, like, the most, like, when we get out to space, we'll find new homes for humanity, and everything will be great, <laughs> and, like, the, the possibilities are limitless, and immediately it's like, well, no, the, the possibilities that exist were just won through hard work by someone else who came by after you, uh, um, yes. slash before you, to pave the way, because there's nothing easy in space. Well, uh, expansion does not come without cost. That's the only chapter that, like, isn't a broad tragedy, other than the, yes. the tragedy of, like, time passing, I guess. But it does just have the ending of, like, uh, these separated from humanity, these people will, will uh, like, find their own new path, Um which it doesn't like not fit with the series, but it makes sense why this is the one that they keeps going back to underline and complicates. Mm-hmm. The next one goes right into the oh we fucked up. Uh, it's the the three stories of Medusa's throne. <laughs> oh uh, yes, they they're like oh there's a, there's a city here. Everything's turned to stone. Um, no, they go like, down and they're like it's a city, and they're like oh it has to be a city. Look at it, the buildings, and there's stuff moving around on the ground. It must be. Cars and they land and it's just a bunch of hollowed out stone because this planet has huge tidal forces and they were told that but yes. they didn't believe that they were strong enough to like literally yeah. like carve through the rock. Yeah, they carve sheer geometric shapes out of the rock and then giant boulders tumble like tumbleweeds through the alleys. This is just Junji Ito chapter. That's just what this is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> These people show up like it could be a city and then it's something weird and unknowable that ruins their day by just killing them all. Basically. It's also like the three planets that go to an interstellar like between yes. the yes. mission. <laughs> God, it is like that. Uh, then, the, then the other part, this is all framed by like a hilarious monologue of the woman back on the ship being like, men keep doing this. They keep dying in space for no reason. Even when the reports say they're going to fucking die. They're like, oh, I have to go see and claims uncharted territory. Yeah. The second one, the second expedition's just, uh, they land in the desert. It turns out the entire desert moves like the ocean when the winds come. And they all die. <laughs> the third one's so good. The third one, they are on like an ice lens. I thought this was going to turn into like they're standing on like an, an like a crystal eyeball or something. But no, the actual thing that happens is it's as per because it's the part where there's like no atmosphere. It's like perfectly spherical or whatever. And they're walking on the surface of this very flat, very cold object. Well, they're ice skating um, on it. Yeah, and where where there's no there's no air. And in creating the vacuum, one of the like. There's like a even part of their boots. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. that, like freeze welds to the ice, and there's no air, and they're stuck there. And they're like, "Are we going to run out of oxygen before someone realizes we're stuck here?" <laughs> and they they don't have time to realize that because then the sun rises and they're on a giant plate plate of glass. Yes, <laughs> so it's not going well for them. <laughs> it goes very badly for them. Yes, uh, ridiculous. And then the next one is the lightning storm that is alive. Yeah, the living planet. This one yeah. rules! This one is the the closest it gets to, like, a actual 60s straight-up Star Trek episode. Uh, yeah, the, everyone lands on this living planet, and the planet's like, what are these little creatures? And just watches as they have, like, a weird Romeo and Juliet between the warring nations, and everyone fucking dies. And then the planet realizes that this is, like, the beauty and tragedy of life uh, and it needs to make sure that it prepares itself for someday facilitating its own life that hopefully will turn out better than this one. <laughs> yeah. The names of the names of the factions in this are so good. It's the Eurasia, Eurasian Union and the European Common Councils. <laughs> yes. It's so good. 
I mean, this is one of the like quiet things that this series does is that because it takes place over such a long period of time, but they're all like every story is episodic and zoomed in on whatever like space exploration mission is happening. Uh, occasionally, they'll just like throw out some terms. It's like, man, the world changed somewhat. But, uh, even but if didn't really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all like reconfigurations of Cold War stuff because it's like it's a space story from the eighties. So it's all about Cold yeah. War. Um, but uh, the ways in which the world building like shifts over time is really fun. Um, then the next one's uh, spores. There's a planet with spores oh, yeah. takes over everyone, makes them euphoric. <laughs> There's also another Romeo and Juliet war happening nice. here as well. <laughs> um, and it also is like the shades of the the first chapter where the president meets the Russian uh, prime minister, or whatever, because everyone gets spored in like a almost like a you know um, what I want like. Oh, there's, there's a, yeah. There's like, there's, yeah, it's just like a creeping, like, horror invasion thing, but it turns out once everyone's sport, actually, they're fine. They keep their, they keep their personalities or whatever. They just are euphoric and it allows everyone to briefly get along. And then when they leave the planet, the spores can't exist outside the planet, so they just turn normal again. Uh, yeah, it ended up being a non issue, but they really, it really was stressful for a while there. <laughs> yeah. It does have really cool, like, balloon jellyfish that people, like, talk to and ride on i love those guys they're cool also the, the art around like the people turning into spore people is really is really cool too yeah like, they have like little bits of like spores flaking off them as they're walking around it's really neat yeah it's a good joke too at the end the guy had a bottle of wine from the spore planet man yes. that guy fucking sucks <laughs> uh and then the next one is uh the the black hole that follows the ship into hyperspace Yes. Or the they think it's a black hole. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's like a weird little like I guess it's like it's like a like a egg. It's like an egg ship powered by a it seems like it's a black hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's all okay. framed by a court martial because of events that will happen later in the story. Yeah. It um they get overtaken and then they have to pull out of hyperspace and then they realize that the thing is trying to like get at their engine which is also the same thing as it. Yeah, uh, desiring to devour other sources and, like, could two things creating, clashing like this be what causes the Big Bang? Will there be another Big Bang in the future? And underneath all that is uh, the next generation or the, the new types, if you were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> suddenly we have new types. Finally. They have a name in this. That, uh, they're they, just called the next generation or, like, tachyons, I believe, is what they call themselves. Well, tachyons is later. Yeah, yeah once yeah. they start self-identifying, they're the tachyons. <laughs> Uh, yes. The next generation thing is fun because, like, because of the way that the space exploration goes here, it's not, it's, I mean, I guess it's very similar to Gundam, right? In that, like, you, they, they keep being called the next generation for 500 years because <laughs> actual humanity as, like, the base of it does not really leave Earth as a whole. They keep flirting with the idea and people are born there, but it doesn't, like, leave, you know, uh, the cradle in a way, in the, the way in these, these theories are referencing, right? Yeah. So you just have this like nascent idea of a people uh, that exists but never becomes the focus of uh, uh, like the way the Earth is going. Yep. Um, the next story uh, is about a cool hot space trucker lady um, <laughs> who does some noir shit of like drinking and sleeping with guys and fighting terrorists um, only to reveal that the old man she was talking to uh, is her son because she keeps going into like s- hyperspace and sleep, and he does not. And the uh, background okay. of this one is the terrorists are from Africa because Africa was destroyed in the African wars. <laughs> yes, they did bring yes. up the African wars. <laughs> this is the, the, yeah, Planetes is here also. <laughs> yes, and they're on the giant space gun that fires supplies to the moon from earth it is yes. the sickest thing yeah they're like why why are you people on earth are starving why are you just shooting all of our goods to earth there's a bit i think it's later i'm not going to find the panel but there's a bit where everyone's talking about like eventually space has to be self-sufficient we don't have to keep exporting all <laughs> of our things from earth right 
And there's no answer to this. <laughs> yeah, never. Uh, it's, it's not just we don't have to keep exploring. Like, the entire point of space exploration, every bit of motivation for it has been, this will, you know, w- with this energy, we'll be able to sustain ourselves, etc., etc. Yeah, but an, and it's just a huge money pit. <laughs> yes, it just becomes further and further expansion, more and more unsustainable. Uh, it's, it's really good. Yeah. The next one is the Time Birds. The Time oh, Birds the fucking is time really birds. crunchy and good, yes. <laughs> This um, is so sick. Yeah, it's it's like people on this planet talk, uh, like wondering why there's all these birds that seem to never evolve. Like they haven't, they have fossil records, seeming that they haven't changed in millions and millions of years. They don't have eyes, and like, why is this? Um, and it turns out that every whatever the 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 sun the solar flares happen. Right? Is that what it is? Uh, there's two suns, and they basically line up on the other sides of the planet yes. and cook it. They cook the planet, yes. Um, and the birds migrate through time using their, like, evolved senses to go, to skip the part where the planet is uninhabitable. Humans did not learn this until three seconds were being burned alive. <laughs> and then and, the narration, like, explains, we've never found this in any other species. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and then the other thing about that story is that everyone's named after birds because they're on the bird yes, planet. Yes, it's really so, funny. So I it's love like that Finch bit. and Robin and Raven. Yes. And <laughs> so good. Uh, and then I believe we get to, uh, oh yeah, it's we get to Colony. Odyssey. No, this, this is, this is the one. You, yeah. This is your favorite. Yeah. So Colony is about this planet where everyone's kind of settled. Um, and there's this, um, this guy who just got out of prison, uh, for like nuking part of the planet. <laughs> um, and like, what happened? Why did, why did he, people say he went crazy. He used to be like one of our best explorers or whatever. Um, and he starts talking about um, that it was all because of this woman that he saw, that he knew once, who was his boss, um, the boss, one might say. Um, <laughs> and they were exploring the jungles in the early days and found these horrible, like, um, like centipede creatures that are really gross. And as they were trying to exterminate them, they found centipede creatures that looked just like the things they were hunting, but when they killed them, clearly were not that. They were something else that wasn't actually dangerous, masquerading as the centipede creatures. Um, the thing is, and then you go. I like, know exactly oh. where the story is going. <laughs> well, they're like, you know, uh, all of the prey animals realize who the apex predators of the planet are, and so they may, they look like the uh, centipede creatures. They exterminate all the centipede creatures. Unfortunately, when that happens, the prey creatures start looking like the woman that leads the expedition, and this guy who's now like they're in like a relationship, or whatever, goes out. And he thinks he sees her after she, like, walked out at night and she's standing in a field and he goes to, like, touch her. And she just, like, turns, like, sheds, like, a snake skin and wraps around a branch. And he flips out um, and kills her. And in doing that, um, is labeled the apex predator and suddenly starts seeing everyone look like him. And that's why he nuked the forest. Well, he goes on a mission to kill all of the ones that are like her. Yes, and then he finds the real her in the jungle who has been fighting the rest of them that look like him. Yeah. And um, then he kills her by accident and they all turn into, yeah, they all turn into him and start following him around. Yeah, and then he the nu- <laughs> and then he nuked everything. That's how he nuked everything. And ran away. And he's like telling us all in the arms of one of the new generation who is just like entranced at the tragedy of these earthbound little people who don't understand the big picture of the galaxy. Well, she's also there because she's on a ship that's going around to get Yes, uh, d- DNA from a lot of men. Yes, for very specific reasons later on. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We're getting there. Yeah. The the part then, where this series lo- like just is absolutely in love with the idea of like sad noirish guys like explaining their tragedies while fucking is so good. Me too. Me too. <laughs> love it. Love it. So Eat it up. <laughs> it's such a different kind of horny that I'm used to from manga. So specific. <laughs> no, it's it's just like. The affectation of the genre, yes. right? Like, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just good. Um, um, the, speaking of, the next one, So Brief, So Lasting the Love, is basically the plot of Interstellar. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, I love this uh, one. This one's great. Yeah, this one's so good. A guy falls into a black hole, and then his wife and kids keep going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the astronaut who had the hotspur is like, uh, you know... She's, she doesn't want to marry another astronaut, whatever. He comes back years later, and her kids are growing or whatever. Um, and she that, uh, But her sons are like, oh, everyone's sick. Uh, there's something wrong with the food. And the guy she married is like the planet administrator, and he won't 
he's like, we can't disrupt everyone's way of life because you think the, the, the food is poison. But too late, everyone dies. She's dying. And she asks this astronaut to take her to the black hole and falls in. And because of the time dilation on the event horizon, is able to reunite with her husband in the one minute he has falling, which is like tens of thousands of years to an outside observer. Yes. Like she, be- because space. of how time works, she basically enters like less than a fraction of a second after him. Yes. Um, Fucking cool. The, this is, this is the like, I kind of poo poo hard sci-fi, right? <laughs> this is the shit that hard sci-fi is like good about. I love shit like this. Where it's like, yeah, all the science lines up that you just go and see your dead, uh, astronaut husband in the event horizon. I, I was thinking about that because I, I really like this, and then I thought about when that's been done badly in some of the stuff we covered. Like, remember when Love brought that guy's corpse back to Earth in Planetess? In the what he was <laughs> oh, in the comments? Yes. Uh, that is this, but uh, significantly dumber. Uh, yeah, fair enough. And then the next, we start building into like the end of it. Yeah, Adam Robinson. <laughs> Odyssey in Green is about Adam Robinson finding a weird planet where they they see a ship getting shot off of the planet and they decide we should go check that out because it's definitely a laser that's firing this ship off of this planet. This and, also is a Junji Ito chapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. and, and their ship gets shot by this laser. <laughs> yes. God, they're like, it's because it's, this one's spread across two chapters and... Um... The the space mystery of it, where they're like, well, how could there be a laser? Where's the intelligent life? What's happening? And then realizing that all the plants have evolved to like put all their energy into this space seed. It's not. It doesn't need like human intelligence, but they've evolved to do basically the same thing. And it's an organic laser beam like space seed mission. It's so sick. That's so cool, man. I love space mysteries. So cool. There's a bunch of Komodo dragons just chilling at the bottom of a lake in this one. Yes. They're sick. I love, because there's like a whole like six page thread where like, did the, did the people who live here evolve into the Komodo dragons? Is that what <laughs> happened? Is that the secret to the mystery? Is, is, is like, are we fated to evolve into something that we would consider a lower life form, like a Komodo dragon? And no, it's the plants. <laughs> it's all the plants. Uh, oh. It's so good. And this is also where like, the art of these forests is outstanding. Mm-hmm. It's just so dense and detailed, and like the the mist and the fog over everything is it's so good. Yeah, um, but yeah, there's nothing here. Uh, this is the one where they, they also start mentioning like, oh yeah, we yeah. really need we really need a win. If we don't find some aliens and like some other life and like meet someone, Earth's kind of running out of like interest in funding infinite space exploration that just costs lives and pro- like materials and money. I believe it was like they mentioned it in, in the in a framework of like no one has the courage to go into space anymore if there's nothing out there to find. Yeah. To be fair, all they found is a really bad time for everybody. Yeah. They found a bunch of plants that are on cycles that humans can't comprehend, so they get owned by them. Yeah. Um, and then that leads into the final chapter, Children of Earth. Huh. Where he, he has told in the previous one by the old guy on his mission about his family and their history. Yes. So he decides to find a ship to go figure all this out. Yeah, and lands on the Robinson planet. Um, where the, everyone's like, oh, Earthlings, you're here. He lands there specifically with uh, the next generation who are on a new ship to go off into space forever. Yeah. Uh, the Tachyonians are ready to go. But they have a, a secret mission here. <laughs> yes. Um, they want, one, the DNA of all of the like rugged old men, and also the DNA of all of the like Robinson children, because using this DNA will allow them to like make more kids without... like If they just go off in their own ship with all the new generation, they're going to like lose their humanity slash... Like, it's not implied that it's like a inbreeding problem. It's like there's something wrong with the genetics of the new generation that needs bolstering with like old human stock. I think it might just be the interbreeding thing, but I'm not sure. I don't know how the I don't know how the Robinsons would solve that then. They literally say they need like the strength of the old generation. Yeah, I don't know either then. Hmm, that is weird. I, I thought the thing that they said is that like it is specifically gonna be caused by leaving the planet, right? 
But they said, like, once we are in space in this confined, like, mission, and we have to survive in space and not on a, like, world with life, we need... I thought that was what it was for. So, within a few decades, there'll be nothing but mutations for actual offspring as generations are born and die in the confines of the spaceship. Biological weakening won't be far off. Um, So, they've collected genes of old generation males... We need primeval genes. We need primeval genes! <laughs> so while it's all happening, uh, the, her two friends are on the planet trying to seduce the one older boy? Yes. <laughs> like, uh, um, and they, they... Do they get them? They don't actually They, they don't. He, he, he threatens them all with a gun. Yeah. And then um, they leave him behind... And then the oldest boy just fucking stabs him because he's an outsider. Uh, and then he goes back to his people. Uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, fair enough. Why do you die? That page is so sick. Uh, it's really cool. Um, yeah, because he like shakes, you know, shakes hands with the guy who's going off with, uh, you know, uh, tachyons. Um, and he's like, okay. He turns around, the guy's standing there, just stabs him, walks away, and he's like, oh, that's all right. Children of Earth. <laughs> um, and then the the Tachyon ship leaps into the new Great Advance into the future. And no one knows how it goes. Nope. Yeah. The end. The uh, end. Had a great time with this. What a good comic. <laughs> yeah. There's just so much, like, space mystery, space majesty, space horror... Uh, good noir guys and uh, women just doing crunchy space stuff. It's like perfect, just totally perfect. Yes. Uh, Could I show you what his 2009 series is? Yes. Okay, so um, he went on to do a thing where um, where did I? He basically created like an a, like an archaeologist who goes around the world, like not kind of like Indiana Jones, but he doesn't go there to take stuff. He goes there to solve like mysteries. And it's mm-hmm. this huge, it's this big, jolly guy, and his profile picture on like online for a long time was just that guy. It's so good. Oh, where did I leave this image? Second, oh, is this do... Professor Minakata? Yeah, yeah. I have heard of that one. I have heard of that one. It seems ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I've looked through like raw versions of it, but yeah, it is. Here it is. <laughs> that's his guy who goes around traveling the world solving mysteries for people amazing god <laughs> what a guy yeah well I'm glad everyone enjoyed it cause I had a feeling cause it's it's basically just the Star Trek <laughs> yeah it's just cool space mysteries um, yeah I, I really enjoyed it uh, I really like the ways in which like by being so directly influenced by um like classic sci-fi stuff i feel like it's a good uh touchstone in the ways that like gundam and all the anime we watch that's like doing similar things is uh linked to it because i remember when we were doing gundam like at the start i mean like these themes are all this and then camille's like you gotta read um uh, childhood end and see the way that like <laughs> it, anime is not just like, in its own bubble it's also like taking from the, the, the these sci-fi novels and this is like a really good like direct thing where you can see like you know the chain of uh influences there uh just a just a cool just a, a cool thing to read um, there's also and, way less like space stuff than you'd expect in this space that isn't like giant robot based uh yeah i mean yes it's not it's not i'm like what are the the big space anime or manga the other that, that big one robots. that i know of is toward the tarot which is a shoujo manga that is three volumes and about uh like like basically it's basically like space psychics in the 70s yeah uh, i know about that one yeah yeah that's I've read, one. I read the first volume uh-huh there's clones it's weird there's some guys yeah, in yeah. that one um but not a lot of space i should uh, read that so i didn't realize it was so short yeah, uh, it was printed by Vertical in the 2000s, but they went way out of print. It's yeah, it, well. it's short, but it's it you know it's a it's an old manga, so it's way denser. Uh, sure, it's not, it's not but a it's still read. it's yes. still short. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> yeah. not saying like 
<laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, I sit down to, just like this one. Like, these, these volumes were 70 pages, but I was reading them way slower than I would read, like, Naruto, because there's so much uh, information on each page. Yes. Um, yeah. But that one, that one's cool. But yeah, it's like, you know, it's that. Uh, there's this log. Uh, I think that's something called Banner of the Stars in the 90s. I think that's a space opera without... Uh, Okay, but it's not like hard sci-fi space. I think that all I know is I've seen some space elves on a picture of that one. Don't know what it is, but there's space elves in it, so it's not really like this. Hoshino's other uh, sci-fi novel or book after this was he adapted uh, the James P. Hogan novel to the Two Faces of Tomorrow. Incredible, which is it's like four, it's like five hundred pages, and it's like. You know that story in Phoenix that was the two cities that are, were all controlled by the robots? Yes, that one was great, it, man. It's that was basically so good. that, but a big sci-fi novel. Beautiful. Yeah, but uh, don't go looking into James P. Hogan. He's <laughs> one of those seventies space writers. <laughs> uh, like he's fascist, or he's yeah, yeah. He also died in twenty ten, but yeah, he's like he went way into like denial stuff in his later age. Oh, there's two ways I can go. He's either like assaulting women or fascist, or I guess both. Yeah. Because, um, you know, uh, I know how things are. I, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, but I don't know anything else. This was it's not a very long book. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, delightful. Very happy to read it. You were so right to put us onto it. You knew our taste. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm great. Since this is the last one of this experiment, uh, what was your favorite of them all? Um, of what? Of the, what of the beach houses. You mean between Domo, Akira, and this? And or... Phoenix and Nausicaa, yeah. If you had to rank that, what would the list be? Oh, I mean, those are pretty good manga. Um <laughs> The pro- it's, it's funny. It's funny when Nasca is the one that on the bottom of most yeah, people. Yeah, because I'm like, I really, I like really wait, like wait, the what, are, what, what are we? What are we get? Sorry, I need the list again. It's Nasca. Uh, yeah, Nasca, Phoenix, Phoenix. Domu, Akira, two thousand one. This. Um. Okay. This is this is going to take us a second as we as we. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It is weird because like Nasca is a comic I really love, but it will be the bottom of that list. Yeah, same. I, like that's how I'm. Well, oh, yeah, I've got my list. Okay, you I got, got my list. Uh, bottom of the list is Nausicaa, then Domu, then Akira, then 2001, then Phoenix. Um, Alright, bottom's Nausicaa. I know this for a fact. Um, oh, the rest is so hard. Probably then Phoenix? No, nah, that's too low. There's some fantastic bits of Phoenix. It's just more up and down because it's so long. Kazakh is just like this also, but the highs of Phoenix are better than basically anything ever. Yeah, read, like so. if we if we're talking like the the um like Buddhist chapter of Phoenix. Yes. Um uh then then 2001, then Akira, then Domo. Maybe maybe Akira below 2001. I don't know. The top, all of these are fantastic. It's really hard to sell. I Domo's like aesthetically the most me thing ever, which I love yes. it. But it's also like the least ambitious thematically. I do adore it, but you know, uh, yeah. it it doesn't hit the highs of any of uh, of like when you know the the ending of Akira, right? The the real powerful moments in this or Phoenix. Um, uh-huh. But it, it's one of my favorite books to just read. So, like in different ways, I couldn't I couldn't rank it. Then Norse goes at the bottom, which is a book I also really enjoy. So you've just brought <laughs> us like genuinely some of the greatest manga ever written <laughs> across these uh, these beats. Oh, houses. I guess the, the last thing about two thousand one is there is an OVA that I haven't seen, but uh, uh, it seems like it's not as good as the the. the... It, it seems to lean more into the 2001 side of it, too, because there's like actually like a Star Child in that. Damn, okay. There's, yeah, there's no Star Child in this. Yeah. Should have read 2001, the Kirby comic. The... <laughs> Is that an adaptation of 2001? Space uh, so, do, you, do you not know anything about 2001, the Kirby comic? No. So it, it is a lot uh, like... Uh, it's compared a lot to like things like Tezuka's Phoenix for Kirby because it uh-huh. starts as a 2001 adaptation, but then it's still, it's like okay, so we did that in two issues. There's eight of these. What do we do next? It's like what if the mind lift just goes to different places and powers people up and the weird stories happen? 
I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if Jack Kirby's capable of doing that justice. But <laughs> and then the, la- the last, the uh, last, the last two issues are he invents Machine Man, and that's where Machine Man comes from. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Goofy. One of them is like a cyberpunk dystopia in like the 70s. It's really amazing. <laughs> Before I realized what you meant, for about two whole seconds, I was like, oh, what, what happens after uh, Kirby kills DDD? Like, <laughs> I know the, 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 late, the late bit of every Kirby game kind of gets there, but <laughs> uh, I was like, right, Jack Kirby, of course he's done that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Wild. Yeah, no, these have these have all been all been excellent. Uh, so yeah. thank you very much, Rick. I'm sure oh. we'll have you back again in our new format next year, whatever that is. It's gonna be the same. It's literally gonna be the same format. I guess it's not gonna change. It's not gonna change right to the listeners. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just we just get to do the things we want. Yes. If <laughs> you want to read comics, let me know. <laughs> yes, that purely means we change how we produce it. There will be very little change on your side. Just episodes will come out. <laughs> what if I just bring all of, all of Lone Wolf and Cub? Let's read that. <laughs> uh, it's, like it's the only way I'll ever do it, probably. You I'll love it. With you. How long is Lemon 36 Compass? volumes. <sighs> fighting that off for a while. My like thing a- is, I just am not samurai brained in the way that like a lot of my friends are. I just don't care. So like, that, sure that, that book is like, it's half of that and half about like uh, reconfiguring Japan in that era. Yeah. Yeah. That's why <laughs> I'm sure I like no, it. No, no, it's just, no, it's no, hard no, to sorry. get the enthusiasm up. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to roast you. You just said it's not just a crime movie, it's also about America. It's literally. <laughs> yeah, just I did that. Do that. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you mean the samurai movies about the samurai stories about like the possibilities of how we can arrange Japan? No way. No way. No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I, yeah. I like samurai stuff uh, more than M, but I get. I get yeah, it is why. a big it is a big ass crime comic is what it is, basically. Um, um yeah. But yeah. Um next month we our next person is doing a um game for Emerald Mapping, so we had to empty month. We are gonna close out a thing that we've been meaning to do uh for it didn't mean to be it wasn't supposed to be years. It was supposed to happen in like six months and we just never got around to it because no one was asking for it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to look at the thing. Anyway, we are covering the... It can't be... It can't be... It can't be pre We are covering the last 13 episodes of Bodacious Space Pirates. (laughs) That might have been... Which we have been left hanging for many, many, many years. This is multiple years now. Uh, I'm looking up. I'm just... Before we finish, I'm scrolling back saying, man, I got to scroll a long way. We made a lot of beach houses. Yeah, it this was started right coming before, out much more regularly. It was right before Cyber Six. It was uh, like two months into COVID. It was in August of 2020. Okay. Uh, well, it'll be a uh, little over two years. I guess it'll just be two years exactly then. It will. It'll be two years exactly. Uh, we won't remember a goddamn thing that was happening in Predator Space Pirates. I remember Pirates. exactly what happened. The, the, they literally got the band together to go get a ship and actually do the Space Pirates Okay, ship. name me three characters. No, 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 no. <laughs> I also remember. I will the, uh, listen to our old episode, and that w- will be fine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that'll that'll be out. Uh, then I guess. Yeah, next month sometime. Um. So. Just want to get it, get it tied. You know, tied off. No more loose ends before we wrap this all up. You know. Uh. Yeah. So please be excited for that. I guess. Thank you very much for, uh, for listening. Thank you so much, Rick. For plugs. By. Plugs. Plugs. What are you doing? We gotta do plugs. I was Rick, clearly you... leading in to the plugs. I said thank <laughs> I, you. You were Rick. saying goodbye. Then I, that's not plugs. I plugs said, before goodbye. Thank you so much, Rick, for coming Shut by. Shut the fuck up. I was Rick. about to say, where can people find you online? Obviously, it's a clear next line that follows. And now I can't no. prove that because you interrupted <laughs> me and called me an idiot. Rick, <laughs> Rick, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CombatlerRickV, and in the pin tweet on that account, you can find, I kicked off, I restarted a Patreon page I had a while ago, mm-hmm. and I am currently in the process of tearing apart magazines I own and scanning them and putting them online. I've done six issues of Animage from 1981. Yeah, they're all so cool. Yeah. And I'm just figuring out random stuff on my shelves that I'm never going to read to put online because they did better than that than on my shelves. <laughs> yeah, no. Important archival work. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. 
Uh, those are just hosted free. Yours using as yeah, yeah. I'm just using it as a link yeah. source. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's really weird to actually just build like just a link site, whatever. Also, they don't take files as big as these issues are, so I had to use TinyURL and Mega to do it. It's weird, whatever. Mm. But yes, uh, that's where I am. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at off on Twitter.com. You can find the podcast of me and I'm do other than this at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, we just did a game club on um, survival kits out of normal mapping. That's the normal mapping podcast. Uh, cool game. Cool DS game. We're doing um, Riven, the sequel to Miss, next month. Come by and have a I'm like halfway that. through Riven already, so... Um, I guess I could play it next week and we can get it fucking done. No, no, because we have to take questions and shit. Okay, hey, you're not in any, you're not on the hook for that. Um, no, I mean, I, me on... I, I was planning to leave it to the last week, like I always fucking do. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can find all. Wait, you already said that. Um, if you'd like to support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash normal mapping. For $1, you get the great Gundam project. Right now, we're watching Superior Defender Gundam Force, which is a kid show, and Digimon Tamers, which is a teen show. Uh, <laughs> and uh, for $5, you get Blockbusters. We're about to do an episode on The Island, Michael Bay's The Island. I'm That'll so excited for that. Week. That's going to be so, so fun. What a stupid movie. fun. Um, I've never seen it. And then uh, for $10, you get VoIP Life, where we just goof off. We recently an episode about what even happened in that episode. What? <laughs> I haven't listened to it yet. What episode? The one we just did. The late last VoIP Life? Yeah. We, it was the Blake, Nora. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we just yelled for a bit. We yeah. yelled about video games. Games. Um, yeah. And then we, we compared the, the uh, Disney movies to the Pixar movies. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> You want to watch my awareness of anything anyone's done disappear over the course of the last five years that podcast has it yeah all of us falling off and having seen anything after like 2016 is so funny yeah um oh, god that's when we all started doing podcasts too much Weird yeah how that works. it really does line up with this becoming like a job job yeah um anyway if you support us please think about doing that if not uh enjoy this podcast share it around um find things in our our archives are so fucking weird for this podcast specifically there's something for everybody in there i promise uh yeah that sure is we've got a lot of podcasts so thank you very much for listening yeah uh, yeah we'll see you next time bye